How are you? Do you know, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. It's been a good week. Been a good yeah. week. How are you doing? I good actually. And um, one of the things I've started doing recently is um, kind of up to my meditation. And uh, I'm really starting. Yeah, I really notice it. And before I actually came into this program, I used to meditate quite a lot. Um, and I have normally as a minimum requirement, you know, 15 minutes a day. But I, I do notice that if I meditate for longer, um, I really I find it's really, really helpful for me to keep me grounded and just to become more aware and more present. And, and so I'm kind of like started to be meditating for like, you know, 45 minutes, even an hour a day now. And um, yeah, which is, I'm really kind of getting the benefits of it. And, but it's one of those things, actually, meditation, it's always, it's, it's interesting. It's come up as a couple of topics um, over the last month or so in a number of meetings. And there just, there seems to be this kind of real consensus of just don't like meditation, doesn't really do it for me, really struggle with it. Um you know, think I could do it more. And it's, um, it's yeah, it's really interesting because I feel it's such a great tool of the program. And it's so, I, I, I feel personally, it's absolutely vital, but it's really helpful for me in my recovery. Uh, but I think it's something people struggle with a lot and they seem to. Let's dial that quite far back because you've meditated for a few years, right? Like I, I know you, so, mm. and you've talked about meditation, like it became your thing how many years ago? 20 years ago something like that but sure. i've not but i've not meditated consistently for those 20 years so i i mean i i got into meditation about 20 years ago i was serving the military i really got into buddhism actually i think that's what drew me into it drew me into it i i think i was looking for something that was spiritual rather than uh religious and and what i mean by that is for me, religion would be a set of beliefs, practices, traditions, rituals um, that, that you kind of do. While spirituality for me is about shifting your consciousness. Um, you, could, you could quite easily go to church and, um, for 20 years and not really fundamentally focus on your consciousness and your awareness and um, well, spirituality for me is it, the, the purpose of it is to is to shift your consciousness, and and that's what I feel with Buddhism in particular. Really, at the time that that was kind of why I made that shift, and so I started meditating. I found it quite hard, um, but I did it for several years, probably about kind of five, six years, something like that. Uh, tried lots of different types of meditation, and found it helpful to still that voice in my head that never shuts the fuck up <laughs> right you know like do you have one of those because because i I, oh, I think they call that is monkey brain like the well, continuously yapping right with ideas yeah. thoughts yeah yeah there's monkey brain but then there's this voice in my head that also like like there's thoughts and then there's like there's this other bit that's like saying yeah but that's a stupid thought like like this self-talk going on continually right and so i've got like the monkey and then i've got the judger of the monkey and you know saying that's a stupid <laughs> buddy and but it's all a voice in my head right even thing yeah. um and yeah it was i you know when i meditated started meditating i realized i just had this voice in my head that just never ever ever shut up and i was tired of it i was exhausted of it going like stop stop it's like and it wouldn't you know um 
And then I kind of stopped meditating probably, I don't know, probably for about a good 10 years or so. So I had a big gap, had a big gap. And then I kind of got back into meditation fairly seriously, probably about four or five years ago, something like that. And I did something called a Vipassana course. I don't know if you've heard of Vipassana. I haven't. So Vipassana is a type of meditation. It's um, it's probably on the slightly hardcore end of meditation. So you kind of go away on this, like the entry level course is like you go away on a 10 day meditation retreat and it's a silent retreat. So you go on the, I forget what days you go, but you turn up on day one and um, you hand in your phone you hand in your car keys, you hand in any laptops, you don't have any books, any reading material, any notes to, to write anything down with. There's no symbology, so like anything like that. I mean, like if you've got a wedding ring, you can keep your wedding ring on and stuff like that. But like you basically kind of like, like sanitize kind of your identity. Uh, hand, hand it all in and it gets put into a safe for 10 days. And on... Uh, for the 10 days, at the end of the 10 days, or sorry, at the end of day one, uh, you kind of start the course and you take these kind of precepts and basically you don't speak to anyone, you don't make eye contact, you don't gesture for 10 days. It's completely silent. And um, you're meditating for about 11 hours a day. So you're up at four o'clock in the morning the gong goes, so there's no alarm. I mean, you have an alarm clock, but there's no phone alarm clocks like so. Like they have these little, these all wind up things, little like things. Like there's two bells on top. Sure. Yeah, not yeah. quite. Yeah, like similar. Not yeah, yeah. It's all the digital versions, but yeah. And so you kind of meditate from half four in the morning um, through to about kind of nine o'clock at night uh, every day. You got some breaks in between. It's all vegetarian, and you're also fasting for about eighteen hours a day, something like that. So you don't eat after midday, and then your first meal is at six o'clock the next day. So and that's pretty strict on that program for uh, 10 days and then the last day they allow you to speak just to kind of ease you back into things but you're still doing the meditation so i've done about four of those courses now um so yeah that's when i kind of really kind of got back into meditation and i got into meditation before i came into the 12-step program because i was hoping this thing would cure me of my addiction and because uh, it does have it has it has got some kind of successes of um, people reporting that hey I meditated and I went on this Vipassana course and I no longer eat junk food or I quit smoking or you know whatever it is like it it, it does have yeah. some success right like they don't promise anything they don't kind of say hey we'll cause your addictions they don't make any claims because that's not the purpose of it but I was like oh, maybe this is going to help and I I can't remember how I got hold of it but um, yeah so I kind of really got into meditation about kind of four or five years ago something like that. Shit. Meditating from half four in the morning till about nine or ten. Was it nine or ten at night? Uh, I think it's about nine o'clock. Yeah, you, yeah, it's about yeah, it's about half. Yeah, nine o'clock. I think. God, yeah, it's a yeah. long time. I remember when I came to the program. I, I then sponsor you. He, you always talked highly of meditation. I always found it difficult because I used to sit down. And I didn't. I was restless. You know, I, there was just so uh -huh. much noise. God, imagine sitting down for that many hours. Just, well, how does that change? You know, when you, because I. I've tried sometimes meditating for 30 minutes up to an hour and I find that mm. now it's fine. But in the beginning it was exhausting. How is it mentally sitting for that long? Does like the noise go away at some point? Does it just get quiet? Like, how does that work? Uh, it can do. It can do. And um, here's the thing as I, <laughs> as of a day is that the, 
And actually, I was meditating this morning and I was doing a slightly longer meditation. And what I realized is that I can't control that voice in my head. I cannot shut it up. It's impossible. Um, I also can't control the feelings I have. And it dawned on me. That sounds an awful lot like step one, doesn't it? We are powerless over some behavior, right? Yeah. I am powerless over this voice in my head that never stops talking and the feelings that I have particularly in my body. I, I can't control those. That's a good point. So part of what uh, meditation is, and, and, and by the way, there's no such thing as a good meditation, bad meditation. I said, how is your meditation? Oh, good, good. Well, you've got a preconception of how your meditation should be. So, like, you've gone wrong straight away there. Like, there's no such thing as a good or bad meditation. What you have is you have the experience you have in a meditation session. Yeah. Um, but um, what I think meditation has done for me in this program is, is, you know, which has really helped me in this program is two things. First of all, it's given me an awareness. It's given me an awareness that that thought in my head, the feelings that I have and what is happening in front of me in life is not me. And it's a, you know, I am like the container of the water, the water inside, which is my thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever the beliefs, whatever, like I can get drawn into that. And I think I'm the water and I'm not, I'm the, I'm the container that holds whatever it is that, that fills it. So I kind of feed into the whole concept of you, you're watching kind of what's going on Correct. in your head. Yes. Okay. Being the observer, witnessing right yeah. and that, that, that's kind of where i fundamentally believe you know this is a, just a personal philosophy but it's also in other areas as well that you know life is about witnessing we're here to experience life right and um it's very very easy to be drawn into and run away with those thoughts those feelings those fears those anxieties those lusts that bit of lust that excitement or whatever it is just to get drawn into that and think you are that and identify with that so you know i i i am not my thoughts and i'm also not my body i have sensations in my body but i'm neither of those things but practically my experience through who i am if i disconnect this makes sense if i disconnect my experience from those which is the opposite right and it's kind of what addiction is doing it's, it's running away from certain feelings or thoughts we might have going on inside by going chasing something else and actually the, there's a fundamental part of meditation which is the route to awareness the path to um, a spiritual awakening is through presence it's through being in this moment experiencing what you do in your body experiencing the thoughts witnessing them like i am a man in a male body a little bit older than i'd like um <laughs> not as fit as i'd like but i i am in this body but that is not who i am it's not everything i am witnessing through that and, and to be a, to to go on that path of awareness and spiritual awakening got to be really really present with it but not lose yourself in it do, do you know what I mean? it's a really very very fine line um it's very very hard to achieve but that's kind of like the point of it yeah no i, I give it to me I, th I think i'm very good at being the water in that container mm -hmm. um and kind of getting blinded by that quite often um it's it's challenging the whole concept of meditation i don't know a lot of people coming into recovery for if, if a lot of people had the same experience as you with meditation coming in because i know a lot of people in recovery kind of get pushed into meditation 
whilst going yeah. through the steps or mm-hmm. isn't it one of the especially at the end of the steps i think most people get the daily practice of meditation mm. into the routine don't they I, I yeah I, d- I don't know for others i mean it is it is down at step 11 so through prayer and prayer and meditation yeah proof of conscious contact with god but uh my sponsor has always had it as a daily action list for me and it's never been a problem for me because i've i was already meditating before then and in fact before i came into the program i was trying to not doing very successfully but trying to meditate two hours a day and um can't i'm going to be honest i can't i can't meditate two hours a day anyway let alone meditate two hours a day with a program and 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 everything else that goes on but it does seem you know it, it does seem like there is that you kind of maybe get two types of people you get the the people who've already meditated and know about meditation that was part of their life and then they get exposed through meditation through the program and I I don't know I've not seen many people who've come into the program meditated and gone yeah I've become a real keen meditator through the 12-step program it's always been this thing yeah I know I should do it and you know, I'm generalizing a bit and I'm sure there's someone out there go well you know history I'm the, I'm your case study who of, of to counter that but as a general rule it does seem that people do struggle with it and I can understand why because I think people are trying to my my sense is people got an expectation of what a meditation should look like and how it should work and you know it should work number one and secondly it is about brute forcing it and I just need to focus harder and stronger and then I will be able to like you know well that is doesn't that sound like trying to beat an addiction Mm, you say that but you know what I can't fault them because I do the same so you Mm. have say apps for example headspace will tell you how to meditate or yeah, you got calm will techniques. tell you yeah but it will tell you how to do it so you, there's this pretensive notion that there is a right there is a wrong there is a right way to meditate for 30 minutes and there is a lesser right way to meditate for 30 minutes if that makes sense there is um i would say there's a technique and by the way there are lots and lots and lots of different types to meditate right like meditation is almost a little bit like sport like pick your sport pick the meditation that you like to do most people think about breath meditation or maybe chanting meditation so they'll have like a word they'll repeat and they'll focus on the word or they'll be focused on the breath but there's also meditations on sensation um there's walking meditations uh there's meditation on gratitude there's heart meditation there's this dynamic meditation by osho who is like a an interesting character um i think he had something like 190 rolls royces at the end of his kind of like demise but you know really really his, kind of interesting his modest meditation career <laughs> his modest meditation yeah he, <laughs> he 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 kind of like went a little bit kind of um uh he he strayed um but um <laughs> You know, I can get into meditation too for 190 Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but like he he does these like he built this like thing of like dynamic meditation, which has kind of got these five different stages from um, like this really kind of disruptive breath work to uh, like this free form expression to um, like this work on your root chakra, then like like a freezing thing, and then like a, a gratitude. Like it's a whole like these different five stages, and it takes about an hour, and it's it's a yeah, personally, I find it's a deeply, deeply unpleasant way of meditating, and I, I used to hate doing them. I've been on a few courses to do them, but in, but stuff came up, stuff came up on them, and so there's lots of different types of meditation. So there's a technique, or you can learn a technique, and you're probably best not mixing techniques um, because it, that probably doesn't help if you're starting out. But by picking a technique on a type of meditation and just just getting grounded and practiced into that, 
and ultimately you're only trying to do one of you're only trying to do two things you're trying to be you're trying to build an awareness of thoughts and feelings and say feelings like sensation in the body right and an awareness so don't get caught in your mind don't become the water uh, and don't get lost in your feelings your physical sensations of your body right so you got that pain in your back observe the pain don't become the pain right and that's the first thing and then the second and and part and the second thing is that is equanimity like balance right so you're building an awareness of the experience you're having and then keeping the witness and that's all you're doing it's very simple to say it takes a lifetime to master but so yeah could you do it wrong yeah you could just sit there and not make any attempt to have any awareness and just like think and so uh, yeah if you're doing that then yes you're probably not meditating you're probably doing something else like watching tv or listening to music or on your phone sure that's not meditating but if you're doing that and you're persisting in trying to focus on the object of meditation whether it's sounds breath whatever it is and you're trying to create awareness you're doing it right you're just where you are on that journey fascinating it's I, I told you i think a few weeks back i actually tried and i wasn't aware of this being a type of meditation but yin yoga i think they call it right so for those who don't know it's yoga where it's it's not necessarily too much focus on dynamic stretching it's mostly very very passive laying on your back mm-hmm. while someone says motivational stuff around you it's kind of what it is mm-hmm. um and you know it i think that was my first meeting since getting into recovery because previous Previously in recovery, I've done headspace, done that, but it feels so fragmented. You sit down for 50 minutes, you close your eye, real, close your eyes really good, and you try to be super present. And then 15 minutes later, I it never it never clicked. But here it's I laid on the floor and I you know they they kind of they break up the movement, so you get about five minutes in your head to just breathe, mm. to just be in your space. But then in five minutes, kind of break that. And you're going mm-hmm. to change position, whatever. And then you get five more minutes. So it's not, you don't do it forever, but you do it for long enough that you get, you can, you, you get lost in your thoughts for a second. And then someone is nice enough to take you out of them. To remind you back in it. Well, actually, one of the so things that helpful. on the Vipassana one is that they, um, you can get these YouTube videos actually, which will do like a 15, 30 hour long one. And every three or five minutes, depending on the session, they'll just a very light tap of the gong. And it's just a reminder of for you to bring your awareness back onto to your, your breath, breath. and that, that's kind of quite it's really really helpful because it's it's long enough to if you're not practicing in that to oh okay like it's a reminder that you're you're because part of the problem actually i don't know about you but i've certainly had this is my mind has got a thought and it's run off on that thought and it's the next one and like, they call it like the monkey swinging in between the branches it you're lost in your head right you're not you're not in the room yeah, and you don't even know you're swinging and grasping from branch to branch to branch. And so just the gong going, oh, oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm I'm off on a thought again. Right, okay, back to Do you yeah, ever get really startled helpful. when that happens? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone's woken me up. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, you can get that, yeah. It's fascinating. It, it really, really is. I it never thought, like, your mind can be that complex before. It's, you know, like, like think about this. You've probably spent your entire life completely in the thought that you're having so you think that by sitting down for 15 minutes that's just all going to change i mean no like no it's not so let's let's be realistic about the goal 
or not even the goal, but like what 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 you know what, what improvement looks like, you know what progress looks like, and progress yeah. isn't. I can sit for four hours floating six inches above the floor and not have a single thought come into my head, and I don't hear that silly little voice chatting her away. Like completely unrealistic expectation. Like you've been meditating for like since you were four years old for 50 years then yeah you might have an experience like that and and i've had some pretty nice experience like i say nice um some experiences where i've had like all the pain dissolve in my body so i remember one of my meditation sessions i had this like cold nerve it was all down my back it's like burning but it was ice cold all down my back and i've been sat there all day and i just surrendered to it and i'm like i am fighting emotionally resisting this pain I'm going to accept the pain and I'm just going to be present with it. And incredibly, the whole thing just dissolved. And I was like, I, I didn't even think this happened to like, oh, like um, you had to be some like Zen Buddha master, yeah, whatever. Like, it's like, yeah, exactly. And here I am, like just the pain goes. And I've, I've had some kind of disillusion of body as well, where like, like my limbs have kind of like gone. I don't know where my limbs are. They kind of like, they kind of turn into like, the feel, a sensation of an energy field like they're not there anymore so I like lost the boundaries of my body through meditation so it's, it really is you know you can but it's also a very da- those experiences are also very dangerous well not dangerous but they're why they're because you crave them that was a nice experience I want that again you know like the point of meditation is to be free of craving. Sounds a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? It is. It's a paradox. Which is why I think it's so apt for this 12-step spiritual program, which is, you know, you surrender your addiction, and guess what? You're free of the damn thing. It's the same thing. You're surrendering, which is not giving in. It means you're accepting what is there in front of you. And, and, there's, and, and there's like these five kind of major, what they call five hindrances in meditation, which is uh, craving, uh, so wanting something, you know, uh, you don't wanting have, an so experience, wanting wanting, a, and that's a really big danger, right? Because it's 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 wrapped up in a cloak of enlightenment or you know progress of a goal, and like the worst thing you can do is set a. And this is part of the culture, actually, or very Western culture, to have a goal on meditation, like like set your intention. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a typical I, thing. I, I don't even have the words to describe how wrong that is. You know, have a goal on meditation, like no, um, but craving. Aversion is the other one, which is the opposite. Um, so don't like the experience I'm having. Um, it's unpleasant. It's uncomfortable. I'd rather be doing something else. Um, it's unpleasant. Uh, and then you have restlessness. So often people will be sitting there. They'll be very restless, agitated, want to move. Like that's a big, big hindrance to meditation. Like just want to get up, bored. Like uh, just, you know, you know that agitated feeling? You just want yeah, to get up and move. itches almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not pleasant at all, huh? But... Um, and then the opposite to that is sleepiness. So I, I, I struggle with this particular, the 4 a.m. I'm going to be honest, the 4 a.m. meditation, like I'm like, oh, my head's nodding. And then the last one is doubt. The question for Not you, Not doing if, this right. After the military, did you ever have the issue of falling asleep places you shouldn't fall asleep? Because oh, I did. I've, I've fallen asleep riding a motorbike. It, but they, <laughs> but was that from the military? Because I remember they made yeah, you sleep in so many weird places. My wife instantly find me on the floor. I'm just taking a nap. I just couldn't be bothered to walk to the couch. 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I have learned to train my body to kind of. It's, it's, it's wearing off. I think a little bit now, but um, yeah, I certainly could fall asleep pretty much anywhere. But yeah, I mean, like you know, I, I, I really struggle the morning meditations of just sitting there and meditating in the morning and like really tired and yeah. preoccupies my mind. It's just I just want to sleep, just want to sleep. Oh, I'm then, just so tired. Just. Just lie down for ten minutes and have a quick nap, and you, you know. So, you know, those are the main things of meditation. And if you're having those, then like that's normal, that's expected. Everyone has them. And if you're feeling irritable and don't want to sit there, and you start to doubt that you're doing it correctly, then that's meditation. Witness it. Sit with it. It's funny. I've noticed sometimes when I do meditate, say if if you do use YouTube or whatever, say it's 15, 30 minutes, and. Mm. The time feels like it's standing still. You want it to stop. And then you almost, you're almost waiting it out. God. Mm. It's awful. It's very helpful, but it's awful at the same time. Impatience, like, huh? Mm, it's an impatience. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have an intention. I, I want a result. Well, it's more, I, would say, I would say you've got an expectation, maybe in that instance, with, rather yeah. than intention. Um, there's an expectation. And, and, and also... Uh, yeah, you know, a preconception, a desire to kind of hurry things on, you know, and I've certainly had that in my addiction of just wanting life to move a little bit quicker than is currently happening. In <laughs> it's like, well, you, you know, you know I, I don't have a little remote control to fast forward and pause life in the bits that I want to, you know, like that doesn't happen. But so, it's, yeah. it's funny you mention that because that's a counterintuitive thing about recovery. So I think we've talked about this analogy before. You're on a train that's going a million miles mm. an hour, just passing mm. every station. Actually, yeah. your life is going too fast. You need to slow down. Yeah. It's not about, you want, yeah, you want things to progress quicker, slow down quicker. And the quicker you, like, the more you slow down, the better things actually get. I think you do have some control over slowing down. And it's really, I don't know, in my head, it's its very counterintuitive compared to how you're taught, right? So yeah, we, we've, we've definitely, um, you know, pack as much in to life as you possibly can, overstimulate uh, as many Western areas of your life. And, say again? Especially in the Western world. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, more is better, bigger, faster, stronger, quicker, more intense, you know. And, and so just actually, you know, when, when, was, when was the last time you sat with no stimulation? Do you want to know something funny? I'm on a journey like that right now where it's actually, I, I think I had that the other day. I Was it on Thursday or Friday? No, it was on Friday. I had a huge deliverable at work. Mm. Ate so much shit food to celebrate instead of doing drugs and everything <laughs> else was silly. But instead of them watching TV, I was kind of like just looking up at the ceiling for a few hours. Did nothing. I was awake. I was just like, just yeah. hanging out. And I've done that more and more. Just nothing goes on. I, I'd see myself reach for the phone and be like, Joe, I could probably just sit here for a bit. Just be mm. bored. That's fine. Or I find myself, when speaking of meditation, maybe I'll just sit in the chair and close my eyes and just breathe. Yeah. But didn't do that a year ago. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be honest. I don't always feel like meditating. There are times when I know that I would probably find it helpful but i'm too agitated to want to sit down in the first place and, and maybe like a bit like we said on our previous episode like that's probably the, a good indicator of like i probably would find this very helpful to sit down and just be still yeah. you know and i i describe it a little bit of you know that there is so much noise in life there is so much being thrown at you and, bomb, and bombardment i think is probably a, a helpful word so much stimulus and to actually sit for 10 days in complete silence 
with no other words coming into you, no TV, no music, nothing to write, no games to play, no books to read, like nothing, suddenly your mind becomes calm. It does, and it takes time to get there. Your mind becomes calm and it becomes like a pond that is very still. And when it's very still, that water then becomes a reflection and you can start to see who you are. But you've got to take the noise out. And that is not easy to do because it's not something we're normally practiced at doing. So stilling the mind allows us to experience and witness ourselves, I think, in a more clear light and to feel what's going on and to understand what's going on. And the amount of insights I've had through meditating of going, shit, I've seen a process that I've been running for decades and I didn't even know was there. You know, that's, that's huge. And it's just through meditation. Something that reminded me from what you just said is when I was in the Navy, um, when you leave shore, you don't, you don't have a phone reception anymore. It takes you about 15, 20 minutes, that's it. Mm-hmm. So whatever you didn't get to download before you left, no, no pun intended for the essay there, but like, that's it. You, you're going to have no contact with anyone. And I remember, so when we, I used to do a lot of bridge, you had to do bridge watch twice in four hour sessions. And then I used to did, is it 12 midnight till four in the morning and midday to four in the afternoon. And especially the midnight one to four in the morning. So you get after the first few days, you really stress because you like, you feel like your phone's buzzing all the time. And then that stress goes away and then you're you're very present. Like if you want to find someone aboard the boat, you go find them. You don't call them, you just take a stroll. You, your entire being kind of vibrates on a lower rev- level in a weird way. But then you do the bridge watch and you look at water for four hours. Yeah, you might have people mm. you talk to, but you know, you're out for 10 weeks at a time. Nothing really new happens aboard that boat. So after a few weeks, you don't have anything to talk about. So now you're just standing there looking at the sea for four hours at a time. Yeah, there's a boat here and there, but where I was, there wasn't a whole lot of boats, there was a whole lot of ice. Mm. So you just stand there. And I, I do remember the calmness you got after yeah. a few weeks. It was it was odd. Like I remember coming home and my girlfriend at the time, she almost found it weird that I would seem distant, but it wasn't that I was distant. I was just so very calm. There's no, mm. there's no rush. Yeah, I've I have some wonderful experiences in meditating. The, the, the first time I would ever say I ever felt at peace was on one of these courses. I, I felt at peace. Like I was just, I didn't need anything. I didn't want for anything. I was just, I was a human being, not a human doing. But before that happened, did you, did you feel resistance and suddenly it loosened? Hmm. Or like, did you suddenly um, catch yourself, oh shit, I'm at peace, what happened? You know what, this, this meditation is not linear. This is the other thing that people expect, right? Like they have this false expectation that you start off at level zero, then you get do some practice, you get to one, and then 1.1 1. 1 and two, and then three, four, five, and it's this linear progression that goes up. It is not like that, it's just not like that. So sometimes you sit down, sometimes I sit down and meditate, and I'm like just straight into it, and I just have this, what well, is a pleasant, it's not a good meditation. It is a pleasant sensation in the body. I may feel very calm. I feel my mind becomes very still. Normally, that takes, I would say normally it is unusual for me, for my mind to still before a 15, before 15 minutes. So this is kind of what I was saying I opened with that actually I've started to meditate a little bit longer, that 
15 minutes is fine because it just takes the noise down a little bit. But actually, I don't get to the stillness for at least 15 minutes. And, you know, I've done a reasonable amount of meditation. Yeah. So if you're sitting there going, I've sat for 15 minutes, my brain's still going. It's like, well, yeah, fucking hell, join the club, fella, you know. Um, <laughs> it's like, what are, you, like what, are you, what are you hoping for? So it, it takes some time to, to quieten down. But so, you know what? i tell you what, Chris, I, I did. The, the second one of these courses, let, let me take a step back a little bit. The, the first course I did, I had some really major breakthroughs in meditation. I had this dissolution of body. I had this kind of like dissolution of pain uh, experience, which was both incredible. I had a number of really big emotional traumas come up, which I was able to deal with, and I, but I felt very centered. And I left that 10 days feeling like I'd been born again. It was incredible. Yeah. And then I went back for my second course. And, and actually, that first course was in Madrid, and it was lovely kind of like just at the end of kind of summer and so it's nice lovely weather and looking over the hills and the mountain herders and you know, hear the goat bells beautiful idyllic, you know, it's like, <laughs> I did my second course in Poland in the winter and it's like entering the freaking gulag it was just like <laughs> it was like That's what I'm <laughs> winter snow on the ground and I, it was a new center as well and so um, individual rooms isolated rooms so you, you sleep on your own room your own kind of shower bath thing, shower cubicle, and also meditation cells. So, like, you know, in the individual sessions, you're in a meditation cell. And I sat for seven, eight days, and I thought nothing other than sex for almost 11 hours a day for eight days. And I'm, like, going up the walls here. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is just driving me nuts like my mind and and like normally like when i was meditating on these courses i can i'm practicing i can focus on my breath and when your attention draws off you witness it and you just bring it back to your breath and you yeah. don't time you knots and beat yourself up because that's just how your mind's wired it's fine just let it go focus back on your breath and normally i can do that and you know i could get you know 10 15 even 20 minutes just focusing on the breath without it, my concentration going i was on this course I couldn't do I couldn't do full five breaths. Literally, my mind was off, and forty five minutes later, I catch the damn thing of just like, oh my word, I've been in this fantasy for forty five minutes. Like, oh my, I've just wasted forty five minutes thinking about sex. I bring it back, and and that's how it went for about eight days. And I'm just like, I am going to jack this course in because I'm just wasting my time. Back to one of the hindrances, which is doubt. Right, I am seriously doubting myself now. Just like this is pointless, and I, and by the way, I believed those thoughts like one hundred percent. I am wasting my time. I'm not getting any value of this. Like this doesn't work for me anymore. Sounds like maybe there was an expectation in there somewhere too. Yeah, there was definitely an expectation for sure. Like this is not how my meditation should go. I am better at doing this, yeah. and and I also noticed a pattern of me getting very good at something. Um losing the drive to maintain at that and then kind of coming off and like being disappointed and oh, I'll have another go and going up and down this like you know bit of a roller coaster up and down that was a pattern in my life I've done that a lot um and so I, I observed that and some other stuff came up and then I kind of got to day eight and was just like you know what I I'm just going to go sit in the main meditation because you have these individual sessions where you can sit in your cell or a room and I was falling asleep and I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and sit in the main meditation hall and I can't lean my back against the wall if I do that. But if I, that means if I don't do that, it means I will have to sit upright and I won't fall asleep. 
but my back is going to hurt like hell because I've had lots of problems with my back over the years and that's going to be bloody agony. So I'm going to sit there and do that. And I'm going to sit there and do, that was my commitment. I'm going to sit in that room for the next, for the rest of the course, if it breaks my fucking back, if you excuse my French, I'm going to sit there and do it because I don't know how close I am to breaking through this. And what I don't want to do is just back off and leave before and not and not know if I, if I sit and and I've committed as best as I can to it and it and it didn't break through fine that's okay but at least I know and I've been honest with myself and I've had the courage um as we've talked about in a previous episode to, to do that and so I did that and I sat there for about a day in in, in a lot of pain and I then had this breakthrough, which was I had a regression to when I was about a three-month-old baby and, like, it just kind of, like, freaking slapped me in the face like a concrete block. I was like, whoa. Like, so uh, it, was, it was... And actually, that was a very traumatic kind of thing that kind of came up, but it was... That was the meditation experience that I had in that moment. Not like I had in Madrid and not like other courses I've done, but that's okay. You know, that was the experience I had and rather than me saying no 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 this is my spiritual journey Stuart gets to define what that spiritual <laughs> journey looks like no you freaking don't like like life defines my spiritual journey God defines my spiritual journey yeah and what that looks like and I didn't want that spiritual journey in that particular moment but it was exactly what I needed and I kind of I, I did make a breakthrough on it and but that was tough that was a really really unpleasant experience like I can't I can't like to the point is I didn't meditate for six months afterwards like I it turned my stomach to meditate like and I'm probably putting people off meditating now which is not the point of this podcast it was it was just the opposite but the, the point was that it was um it gave me an insight to who I was and the thing is I knew it was true like I've been to lots of therapy and I kind of go, well, is that true? Is it not true? Don't know. And I, I intellectualize it. Yeah. And like six months later, I'm still trying to figure it out if it's not, or if it's just what they think it's some theory. Um, no, this was true. I felt it in my body. I knew it was true. Yeah. Like the mirror was still enough. I saw myself and I saw something I didn't like and was, but like, I now deal with it and move on. And I did. So. Why do you then end up six months later going back to meditation? If if you were so put off, if you were mm. you you got not what you wanted, but probably what you needed, but yes, and, and you're that's and you're, that's, that's it. You, you well, you've just answered the question. Yeah, but like, why'd you then come back? Like, why six months later? Were you what what part of life are you in then? When you're like, I need, it's kind of time to go back. Same I, with myself. I, I knew the value. I didn't actually want to stop meditating. That that was the thing. I stopped meditating because it physically turned my stomach just the thought of it just really was it like the thought of having to go through a similar sort of pain again like yeah, you did in I that think moment so. yeah i think it was it was just like i i all here's the thing it was really big and traumatic but actually it, i knew there was more to come so it was, i knew there was yeah there was something else coming out and it was just like oh, you're not ready for it or you don't want to be i ready don't for want it, i i'm yeah. not ready for that shit right now like I just yeah. like that thought just makes me want to throw up and um, and I'm not exaggerating like it no was, but I like, believe you I mean it's it, yeah it's like the in the pain you feel within is a very like physical pain is easier to deal with than the mental pain uh, it, it's yeah both are really painful but at least one yeah. of them is tangible you can see yeah. it you can feel it the other one you just, yeah yeah so I kind of knew it was there I think on one level and it's like I'm not ready like I'd had major surgery. 
and I'm not going to go out and start doing star jumps down the street. Like I, I need to rest and I need to heal emotionally. And so I, I actually started to do something different. I did Kundalini yoga actually, and and like yoga is a bit like meditation. It's like pick your style because they're all very very different. Yeah. And I particularly, you know, and it's also yoga? actually a lot about. Say again. What's Kundalini yoga? Kundalini yoga is uh, based around a set of kriyas. So it's like some repetitive movements with with breathing. So um, like normal hatha yoga is like like kind of like uh, like a position that you might hold and stretch, and then you've got flow, which is a bit more kind of movement between the sets. Uh, kriya uh, Kundalini yoga has these things called kriyas, and they're very much around breath work. So you like one, for example, is you you've got your hands on your kind of shoulders like at yeah. 90 degrees, and then you rotate to the left, you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth from the right, and you're rotating the the it's fine, right? And yeah. you do these different sets, and they're meant to unblock certain channels. I really like it. Like, I, I really, really kind of get on with. I, I, I've done hot yoga. I've done hatha yoga, flow yoga. I, I hate them. They just feel like stress positions. I agree. To me. I, 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 I you know, just completely agree. It's like, like, don't get this at all. It's like, you know, um, not, not into it at all. But I really got Kundalini, and I, I, it's, it's very different because you're manipulating energy, whilst with. Vipassana meditation in particular, you're observing. You're not manipulating anything. Mm. You're okay. only, even the breath coming in and out of them, you, you don't deepen the breath, you don't make it more shallow, you don't do anything. You just observe. Just, you're just observing. Yeah. And this was, no, I'm manipulating stuff. So it felt a different energy and it just helped me actually bridge. And after about six months, it's like, okay, I can feel like I could start to meditate again. Yeah. God. Do you know, I'm in a sense, I. I'm almost envious of your experience of, you know, finding that huge inner piece of resistance you you didn't know was there, and actually having the opportunity to work on it. So, I mean, if it took you what, almost twenty years to get there, yeah, and I I have to say, meditation for me has given me more insight about who I am than hundreds of hours of therapy. That, that's been my experience of it. Does it and, give? Does it then give you though the tools to work with it, or does it just give yeah. you the ability to see yourself very clearly? It's kind of like a bit of both. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of both. It's the, the first thing I find with meditation is that I I know, you know, the, and, and we've talked about this kind of you know separately offline is that one of the things I struggle a little bit with therapy is, you know, I go in, I'm struggling with something, I'm trying to talk it through, and Oftentimes, I might find a therapist will try to try and suggest what they think, you know, some theory, some model, some yeah. psychological things like of like, well, OK, maybe this is it, Right. And so they're going to try and match up my experience with a psychological model. Right. Here you go. That's, that's how you understand this problem or this experience or here's a school of thought and things like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I can trust that because I don't know if that's them. They've seen something that I haven't seen. And that's really good. And I'm just being resistant to it. Or um, maybe uh, they're just trying to fit something because I'm paying them and they feel like they need to come up with an answer that that's right and like you know be valuable in money, you know, from a, a monetary perspective and and you know so I, I you know if I reject that is that because I'm rejecting it because it's not true or am I rejecting it because I'm trying to hide something and I'm not being honest with myself so I end up in this kind of a little bit of an intellectual kind of like you know debate of like well is it true is it not true and I don't really know to be honest, of what I can trust. I find with meditation, I, I I know what's true inside. 
and I believe everyone has that inside. Like if you have the ability to get past yourself, because that's the other thing with meditation is what you're doing is you're, is you're getting your personality. My personality is in my way of the connection with my higher power. Yeah. And when I'm meditating, I'm, I'm allowing space for my personality of my identification of self, which is my ego, which is I think I'm my thoughts and my feelings, which I'm not. It's an, that's an illusion. I'm allowing space for that to kind of come out the way and for me to connect with my higher power and also see who I am. I don't get that in therapy, in talking therapies and things like that. So, um, But also that just might be me because I've probably done a lot of work and I've probably done a lot of therapy. And so maybe I've just kind of outrun that tool maybe. you know, maybe, um, because Not saying therapy doesn't work for people because I think it does. Just now just to speak the case for therapy, I mean, what you're saying doesn't work for you actually works for me in therapy. I use that as my, mm. that's my way of kind of thinking out loud to get to a different place. Now, meditation mm. has been very helpful to being able to sip with things. I, I use it more as a tool mm. to sip with uncomfortability and then be okay yes. with the uncomfortability. I don't necessarily find answers as often, um, but I do that in therapy mm. because I got a professional sparring partner. But then again, my therapists, I've they've never tried to push models on me. It's always been, you know, we, it's just a chat. It's a one hour chat and they will ask really good questions back. And that's where the, that's where the reflection comes in. I don't know. Yeah, I think just tools to go hand you, in hand, but yeah, if you've got if you've got again, it's about a matching. I think if you've got a therapist who you match well with um, at that particular point in your life, I think I think it, you know they, they can be very helpful. So I get it for free through my insurance. So I never oh, have well, to question. Well, yeah. they're definitely hundred percent value, and there's <laughs> they get paid regardless, which is which is great. No, there is some truth to that, though. I don't. There's, that I don't have to ever think about if they're doing this to make more or make less. Because they make mm. what they make. I, I get... That probably helps, actually. Mm. It does. And I, and I say that, actually, having been a life coach at some point in my life as well. It's just, um, you know, you, and maybe this was me. You know, like if someone kind of came to a session, you spent an hour with them and you go, oh, interesting. No, 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 no sodding idea what to do about that you, you kind of it's like what would you do as a client you go hmm. but you know um, so there's, there's a little bit maybe of like, i see what you, know, you mean there is you know as the coach or the therapist or whatever it is like you, yeah you do want to try and offer some you want to add value right to to, to the to yeah the i mean i see where you come from i mean in terms of aligned incentives there's certainly value in not fixing all your problems as a therapist as well no 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 well you you, you can't you can fix people because right? then i mean yeah yeah we'll have customers <laughs> left yeah, well, well, no, but also you have codependent therapist, which is which is not good. Huh? So, uh, but uh, but what would you then do? So for because you've talked a lot about your experience, and I mean you're on the more advanced end of the meditation spectrum. But say for newer people in the program who who want to dabble their toes into it, but don't necessarily know how to, or have tried and it just felt awful, like. What would you tell? Like, what would you give as advice to people oh, getting into I don't it? Know. I don't. I don't think I should give advice. I. I. I'm actually. No. No, I'm. I'm not that experienced with meditation. Like, I'm not. Like, there's. There's. There's people out there who do thousands of hours of meditation every year, like thousands. Like, I. It took me a goal for three years to try and regularly get a program of like. Yeah. Over 250 hours a, a, a year, which if you're doing that consistently, it's still in like 45 minutes a day on average, but it's it's still you know, still a lot. Um, what would I say? I would say let let go of any 
let, let go of any expectations of how you think your meditation should or should not be. Because straight away, as soon as you do that, you attach a set of performance criteria to yourself and your experience. And, and just by doing that, you're going against the grain of what you're trying to hope for, or the benefit that you would get of meditating. The point of meditating is to be completely present with your current experience. So as soon as you go, well, I want to be able to do this and I want to sit for this amount of time and I want that stupid little voice in my head to sh shut the hell up. You know, as soon as you've done that, you've, you've automatically said, I, I am going to impose my will on this moment in life, right? And this is how it's going to be, right? And if it doesn't go like that, well, then this freaking meditation thing doesn't work and it's a load of rubbish and I've tried it loads and like it's, it, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like, well maybe that's kind of like, <laughs> like just 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 stop trying to control your meditation yeah. experience stop trying to control it stop because you can't control life as i kind of said earlier on right i can't control the thoughts and feelings that i have i cannot control the experience that happens to me in a particular moment that's called surrender and and if you're not doing that in your meditation you're probably going to struggle to do it like if if you're if you're going to struggle to do that sitting on a cushion in your own bedroom for 15 minutes you're really going to struggle to do it when life starts throwing shit at you so this is why i think it's such an important component of That's a life good point. Like you really yeah it's, it's a really important part of the program of surrender like that is a really really good point it's just to add to it i I mean, I'm fairly new. To, I'm fairly new to meditation, but one thing I've noticed that helped me a lot is just using guided meditations quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, you you don't have to sit and figure out what you're supposed to do. Someone else talk to you for 15 yeah. minutes and yeah. 15, 20, 30. Actually, it's funny you mentioned like it takes about 15 minutes. I've noticed. I thought 60 minutes was too long, and I've tried that for the first time not too long ago, and I realized by the end of it, things are just starting to get good. But it sounds like yeah, it's yeah. such a long period of time. But the first 10, 15 were long. Oh, were, yeah. I mean, but, like, they're just noisy. You're all over the place. You're like, and it takes time for that storm to calm down. I mean, but when yeah. it does, it's like, God, God, I don't want it to go away. Kind of, you're in the flow state. Yeah. And that, yes. I mean, like, I, you have to be careful of that, of course, because that's craving. Um, because if you want to hold on to that meditation, <laughs> see, see, this is the thing, see, it's yeah. the paradox of meditation, but it's, it, it, it provides a window of addictive craving aversing behaviors uh doubt all these things that kind of come up in our daily lives that there is it is a window it is a ref pure reflection of what in what is inside and that's you know when you talked about the answers like that's what it is to me because i see myself running these patterns like oh god yeah i see that now like oh. yeah but it's i mean like, it, it, I, it almost... I could i've not seen this before it was so obvious but i wasn't still enough to see the reflection but it, it's funny it almost sounds like it's you know, it's an exercise in taking life on life's terms. Just yes. accepting whatever's there for what it is and mm. that that is what you get. That's what that's what you have. Mm. Yeah, I mean like sitting sitting with your knees hurting. Oh, do, you, do you want to accept that? No, not really. No. Well, you know. You know, um do, do you want to lose your job? No, but sometimes life gives that to you. Do you want to lose family members? No, but that's what life gives you. You know, sometimes. But it also gives you some nice stuff as well, some or say pleasant stuff, things that we like. And and so part of being part of meditation is to have the separation of identity of like understanding that you are not your thoughts. You are the person or not even the person. You are the being and the entity observing the thought. Otherwise, you wouldn't know you're having a thought, right? 
So you know you're having a thought and therefore that thought cannot be you, otherwise you wouldn't be able to witness it and see it. And then being balanced and being equanimous, you know, this balance of mind of just like this is what it is and not having your own personal preference, not giving in to your personal preferences of what you like and don't like in life. And that's really, really hard, really hard. But it's a very virtuous journey, I think. It is, it is. And you, I think you put it so earlier, it's, you know, being able to sit in stillness in all of this going on. I mean, it's, especially you mentioned, say, losing your job, it's a huge event. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tail case again. How many times are you going to lose your job in your life? Unless yeah, you're I mean, awful. We, we're talking, hopefully, just less than what you can count on a hand, I hope. You're going to. I'd hope so, yeah. Yeah, I hope, I hope you choose away more jobs and you lose them. But mm-hmm. I've noticed by meditating, it's, it's surprising how. I would start to see I need less and less. And the less I have of things, the more I actually have of what I have. Like, it, again, there's, there's definitely the, contentness. Yeah. Sorry. Is, no, no, no. That's fine. Yeah, there is contentness, but it's, and especially in a world that's so busy, like, there's always stuff to do. Yeah. If, if you want something to happen, it's at your fingertips always. But then it's cool to have the power to choose not to. I think that's a, thing in meditation has really helped me is to understand um I, I am more about being and who i am and it's helped me to see who i am rather than what i can do and what i can preoccupy myself with activity you know because you know just if you know you got and you kind of like i kind of question if i can't sit for 15 minutes 30 minutes for an hour of my entire life without any activity then what what does that say about me what 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 am i what what is in me that i i feel i need that so desperately that i cannot be stimulated by something external to myself for an hour and you know that, that's a challenging question right because then it goes well you know <laughs> like it, it could lead you to lots of places to, to understand yourself but i you know, the more I've meditated, the more I felt less of a need for external stimulus. Like I, you know, like I think coming off of my first meditation, I didn't even feel the need to listen to music. I was just, you know, I really, really just had slowed down, and everything had just become an awful lot calmer. And I really hope it's time to get there. Yeah, I really hope someone listening to this be like, "This sounds so foreign. This sounds I'm I could never see this happening because that means that there." Do, do you remember being in that place where you're like, mm-hmm. "I don't think this could ever work." It means that there's a solution it, that could work, yeah. and I, cause it, it's a really powerful tool. I mean, it is a yeah, step. And, yeah, and, and like, yeah, it's it's a very very deep step of half half of step eleven, I guess, because um, it's prayer and meditation. But um, but you know, we often talk about prayer and the the value and importance of prayer. But I think meditation is also very important because it gives us that self awareness. It helps us un unhook ourselves on our personal preferences. Um, for life but you know to, to what you were asking earlier on as well of just you know how do, how do you get started I mean the thing I really struggled with probably more than anything and it was only really when it clicked for me was you know I went on a course and I, I really learnt a technique um, because I didn't really understand the technique I'd done some things on, but I, I wasn't really sure if I was doing it right you know again you know am I, am I doing the technique how it is meant to be practiced was I doing it that way and I probably wasn't and but now I do know and that really helps right that really helps because then you you can then sit down with confidence and you say okay I, I think I you know um, 
and 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 by the way it's perfectly okay to sit down and have a meditation when your mind is just freaking noise for an hour and it's you know it happens like it happens to me more often yeah. than i sit down and i i'm kind of like floating six inches off the floor so but that's okay because then i'm accepting that present moment and and there's this thing of by having what you might call like an unpleasant meditation experience is actually life giving you an opportunity to accept something that you're not very comfortable with right in this moment and that is kind of like a, i see that as a gift of life is life saying no no you don't figure out what your spiritual path is life is going to give you your spiritual path and here's your opportunity right here in this moment it's called meditation and then for 10 15 20 30 minutes whatever to start with whatever time you feel comfortable and build out and that that is the experience you have and just be present with it and if you go i don't like that well great learn to be present with something you don't like and you know and, and i i kind of built out my meditation so i you know i'll probably would need to build out again but you know i started off with like 15 minutes 10 15 minutes and just kind of kept adding five minutes to it and then i got to the stage where i could sit for about three hours so i can sit for three hours without moving and um yeah um that is a long time but you don't have to sit for that long you know just sitting for a I think sitting regularly, sitting every day and making it a practice um, and I think incorporating it into your life. So it's like I, it is unusual for me not to meditate for a day, like very, very unusual. And I, actually I do it normally a sitting meditation then I do like a, a movement meditation. But in all of them, like I am, you know, it's like that sport, like my, I'm focusing on being aware and being present and not being lost in my mind. So I mean, you've got to anyway. work up to your 240 hours a year, right? Yeah, I'm not going to do that this year. But, you know, I did it. I did it last year. I was like, yes, I kind of, like, you know. So I've set a goal around my meditation, but it was it was, it was, was about a consistency of practice, which I wanted to deliver. So, uh, but, um, what you, yeah. but you don't have to do that. It's not not the kind of the point, really. It's, the point is you're just doing it, isn't it? Say again? The so, point is you're just doing it, isn't it? It's, it's, I think, a regular practice because it's very, very hard. Like, if you haven't sat for a week, and then you're just going to go and try and sit and meditate. Like, it's re really making it not easy. Like, you know, the Buddha talked about continuity of practice. And maybe just kind of like we can wrap up on this point, which is he talked about continuity of practice. And on the, and towards the end of the Vipassana course, you have your, you know, you have these hour, one hour, two hour meditation sessions. And in between, you know, you walk to the accommodation, you walk to the, to the mess hall, the cook hall, whatever, the kitchen for your food. You, you start to meditate, you're walking, meditating, you're walking, you're meditating on your food. And, and I, I've done the kitchen service as well. And you would not believe when people, uh, the volume of food that people eat by about day four, because they've become more mindful, they're eating, you know, you're catering for a group of 100, 200 people, whatever it is on the course, the volume of food you cook is about 45%, 50% less than you are on day one. So people are eating 50% of the amount of food that they did on day one because they're mindful of what they're eating and they're not distracted and they're feeling the sensation in their body and they know when they're full and when they're not full. So by day four, yeah, they're eating about 50% of the food they're eating on day one. And then on day nine, when they can start to talk again, still meditating, guess what? Volume goes back up again. They're eating like 75% because the ch -ch -ch noise is coming in. And just, that's just a real practical example of just... How fascinating unpresent you can be in your own bloody body of like how much do i want to eat you know it's huge so continuity of practice like taking meditation and that's what i found is that 
I can be present in the shower. I can be present and mindful in an experience. But I, I'm only able to transit into that through the core of a regular meditation practice, um, morning and evening, let's say, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. That'll help, right? So anyway, meditation. Meditation. <laughs> On that point, Sue was I've preached enough. I've preached enough. I like it. <laughs> I know, but that was the point, right? Because it's it's important to get it out. I, I think getting a lot of color around meditation is important because often you hear about it, but that's it. You just hear, just do it. But you don't hear yeah, the color surrounding why. Yeah. What What is it? What does it feel like? Okay. So hopefully it's helpful to some. Yeah, and, and please do put some comments, respond. Um, you know, let us know. Do you have a regular meditation practice? Do you find it helpful? Uh, how have you had it felt? Like there's certain types of meditation that you do because I say there's so many different types and, you know, it's worth experimenting. I'd love to get some comments back from our listeners of, of what they what they feel works for them. But there you go. Action step in the making. Action step in the making. All right, so Thank it you, was Chris. a pleasure chatting. Love to chat to you. Yeah, until next time. Until next time, bye. bye.